Happy New Year, Suns fans. How's everybody doing on this beautiful New Year's Eve? As we are sitting here now, four and one, the Phoenix Suns have downed the Utah Jazz in quite the interesting game. And we're going to discuss that on the Suns Jam Session podcast. So for all of those who have decided to spend their New Year's Eve with us, I salute you. I'm going to bring in my fellow part podcasting partner. Welcome, Matthew. Matthew, happy fucking New Year, man. What happy a Happy New Year. Beautiful, baby. What's up, Jamsters? How you doing? I'm coming live from John's bedroom right now. We are in the same household, the Voida household right now doing this podcast. Yeah, this is a little strange. You know, Matthew came over to enjoy the New Year's with uh, me and my family and his sister, who I just married mm -hmm. the other day. And uh, so I shunned him to my room. I said, you go in there, <laughs> yeah. and uh, that's where you're going to be podcasting from. dude. Yeah. <laughs> so you're in timeout right now. Yeah. Uh, what what a game, man. Happy New Year. I mean, what a game. Yeah. That was that was really fun to watch. Uh, got a little testy there at the end. You know, the Suns got up by 19, and then next thing you know, Donovan Mitchell was getting some easy drives to the hoop. The the Suns were turning it over, and and no one oh. could really we, – we couldn't really settle down and enjoy it, I feel. No, we there was a minute there where we could. Um, we were actually writing our posts and stuff for Brightside, and I put I etched the four and one record for the Suns in the article when we were up by eighteen, and then it was downhill from there for a while until the Suns actually got some stops and Booker can hit, hit some big shots in the end. But usually those are games I feel like the Suns last year would have lost, right? <laughs> Absolutely, no. Yeah. Those are the games where Phoenix Suns teams of the past would have an issue actually closing those games out. Monty wouldn't call a timeout at the right time, and next yeah. thing you know, we're sitting here, kind of you know, almost wanting to cry into our beers, if you will, because they give it up. But no, with the veteran leadership of Chris Paul, with Devin Booker hitting two big threes, followed by a Jay Crowder three, uh, the Suns pull off that victory over the Utah Jazz. So. Um, plenty to discuss on this podcast. As per usual, if you are joining us uh, for the first time, please remember to subscribe. If you're on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button, the thumbs up button as well. Smash that thumbs up button. It helps with algorithms or something. I'm not a scientist. I don't know these things. Uh, if you're listening on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network, thank you and happy new year. Uh, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. And as always, you can follow the show at Suns Jam on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter at Matthew Lissy. All right. We've done the housekeeping notes. And now I put a poll out, the Suns Jam session Twitter account did, before yeah. the game. It said both, both Matthew and John are going to kick off the pod with a shot tonight. So what should we drink? We left it up to you, Jamsters. And it actually came into a tie between beer and whiskey. So one was stick with beer okay. and the other was whiskey. So I got a shot of whiskey. Got Matthew's a got a shot of whiskey. Spill on your fancy furniture. <laughs> Happy New Year, Suns fans. Let's take this one. Ah, Jamie it's a beautiful thing. Not that bad. Pop open a beer if you got them. Happy New Year and let's go Suns. So the Suns have to go up to Utah, Utah on New Year's Eve and play the Utah Jazz, a team that was the number four seed in the Western Conference last year and battled in the playoffs, lost in round one to Denver in seven games. 
And the Suns almost looked like they were the playoff team tonight, Matthew. They looked uh, primed and ready. I mean, a lot of defensive pressure by this team, a lot of busy hands, great rebounding, team rebounding, three-point shooting again. Uh, there's so many things we need to get to. But I'll, I'll start with my one burning question for you, Matthew. What stood out to you for the Phoenix Suns with this game? I feel like I use this word a lot, but it's consistency. It really is. It's. I feel like what the Suns do is they take it easy in the first quarter. They keep things kind of close. But then the second quarter is where you see them really turn things around. They up the tempo on defense. They get hands in the lanes. They're all over the place. Offensively, they really find their spots. That is the one thing the Suns, I feel like, are doing this year is just consistently playing the offensive game and the defensive game at the pace that they've been playing the previous games. They lost the one game to the Kings, but besides that, they have had the same tempo every game. They've been playing the same game, getting better at it. Players are coming in to feel like today Galloway didn't play very well, but guess who did? Javon Carter hit some big shots today. So you're getting those minutes coming in off the bench from great players that are really filling those roles. So consistency, John, what have you seen, man? Much of the same. I mean, I think I, I almost harp on this point a little too much when I talk about this Suns team, but due to its depth, I mean, you can't take a possession off if you're the opposition. We're going to keep punching you defensively and offensively. If a guy's having a down night, somebody else is going to pick him up. I mean, DeAndre Ayton, let's not lie. I feel like we always start the pod talking about the performance yeah. of one DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. But in uh, you know a, a game where you, you really feel that he needed to be effective on the offensive end, given the fact that Bears down there and Derek Favors, he ended with four points. Nine yeah. boards, but four points. Uh, he had two early fouls, but only ended with three fouls to only two yeah. freight from the field, but his defense down low was deterring a lot of shots. Cause I feel like that's what Denver, I'm sorry, Denver, that's tomorrow night. I feel like that's what you, I feel like that's what Utah wanted to do was, you know, that's their games. They want to beat you in the paint and, and then bomb some threes. Yeah. And he was, he, he was deterring a lot of shots down there. And I really was a fan of how he played in that aspect. He looked lost on offense at times though. Right. Yeah, he he really has, but honestly, he's he's to the point where he is just like you were talking about tonight. He's like the fourth or fifth best player on this team right now. And that's yeah, fine. We have such a great team. We have a team around him that is doing everything they can to win the game. They're filling their roles. DeAndre Aiden is learning. And what a better teacher than Chris Paul. Really, is some guy that he can ask questions to, figure out his offense with is Chris Paul. You know, a lot of people in life have a hard time asking those questions when things get tough and like they, you know, people hate people ask questions for some reason in life they just do and i feel like chris paul is the only person in the world that can deal with da right now and teaching him this game so i think he's helping him along that way so i'm kind of avoiding getting upset with da i did maybe two or three times a night than the normal 20 times per game because i'm trying just to stay away from that watch the rest of this team because he he's kind of fragile in the middle but we can deal with it right now and hopefully he learns i was saying maybe by game 50 he'll figure things out this season but right now we just have to deal with the way he is yeah, and this that's the advantage of this team right now is DA can have off nights offensively and focus on his defense yeah. and being a force in the middle because there are so many weapons on this team. Every yeah. starter ended with over 10 points outside of DeAndre Ayton. You had two bench players, the Cams, Cam Johnson and Campaign, both had 10 points as well. So if you're getting this consistent offense from all different facets of the game, from all three levels, because mm-hmm. Campaign – uh, I want to talk about him real quick. You know, we were watching the game together and I, I told you, I haven't seen a guy go down towards the rim and shoot such unique shots, you know, at, at such differing angles, such hard angles and make it since Leandro Barbosa 
for the run and gun seven seconds or less sons. I mean, he really has the speed and ability to get down there. And at the same time, he has, he's, he's trying to set up Deandre and he's made some great passes. DA just kind of, you know, fumbles it out of bounds. But I mean, this team offensively is something to admire. Now, granted, they they only scored 106 points tonight. They're not scoring a ton of points. I think they had 108 coming into this. So they still have plenty of opportunity to grow offensively. They do yeah. play at a slower pace. But at the same time, when you're holding the opposition under 100 points like they did for the second straight game, you're going to win those games. I mean, it was just, again, uh, uh, an interesting watch given the fact that the Suns never tr- never really trailed. But there was, you know, other than the first quarter, they were down one point coming out of that first quarter. But the the lead kept ballooning and they kept, you know, oh. kind of shrinking because the Suns were getting a little sloppy on offense there at times. Yeah. But we have the defensive ability to shut them down. So offensively and defensively, I, I just think th- this team just so complete, so much fun to watch. Yeah, post-game interviews too from every player. I just feel like they talk about the defense leading to the offense. That's the way this team is really focused around. That's how they get out to those big leads in the second quarter because they turn off defensively. But yeah, Cameron Payne, a lot of his shots, it's like in the past when he had the backup point guard in a way, he would try to make stuff happen and it's just like, oh, don't do that. But Cameron Payne, he, he has an awkward kind of game around the rim, but he could finish at every angle. It's nuts. We haven't had a player like that, like you said, since like Leandro Barbosa. Super quick getting to the rim, but uh, I like him as our backup, of course. But I just think that those big leads that we get going into the halftime and then in the third quarter, they just they feel like they're going to hold. And I know tonight was a little scary, but it was to the point to where it's like, okay, so even if it gets close again, we can pull away because Book will turn the ball over five times in a row with Chris Paul and then DeAndre Ayton's in the mix there too with the turnovers. But besides that, they have a good they they find a way to actually close out the game and book hit some big shots tonight. We needed that. Whatever they were trying to do in the offense, turn the ball over. I know Utah's a good defensive team, but whatever they were trying to figure out there, it's just like just get to your spots, get to your shot. And that's what booked in the end and it, it panned out. And that's, it was, you know, it, it feels weird to say like vintage book, but that's, this was kind of a vintage book game. He ended with 25 yeah. points, but he was taking a lot of those shots that we're accustomed to seeing. He had the one play where he took off around the left side on Jordan Clarkson and dunked it. The next takedown, he's going off the right side and he's, th- he's throwing up the runaway, you know, fadeaway shot out of bounds. He hits those big threes. He's uh, taking shots from the elbow and, and hitting them. To the point where I know he missed one in the fourth. We're like, whoa, you know, because you're just so used to them going in. I mean, 10 for 17 shooting for him. A very efficient 25. And now I'm going to talk about the other side of the ball. I'm going to talk about the Jazz. I'm going to talk about their superstar two guard, Donovan Mitchell, okay? 23 points on 9 for 23 shooting. A lot less efficient. 23 points, 23 shots. Whereas Booker had 25 on 17. Now, you got to credit Mikhail Bridges on that, though. You know, Donovan Mitchell is an offensive firepower. He is deadly from anywhere on the court. He has the ability to slither in and out of the lane, make layups, make runners, make floaters. He can. He has a full o- offensive arsenal. And Mikhail, the warden Bridges, was in session, watching over him tonight and forcing a- every point that he made, even some of those points at the very end, he yeah. earned against Mikhail, didn't he? Yes, he did. What was the question I asked you? Is Mikhail Bridges the third all-star on this team? It's like it's you something said, is, is he the second? Is he the second? Yeah, you know, I've been drinking a little, so second, third, whatever. He is definitely the second or third all-star on this team. He's the guy that's the most consistent. I think, oh, I said the word again. That is my vocabulary, guys. But yeah, <laughs> by the way, I, I just think that him 
locking up uh, Donovan Mitchell was very special because tonight I didn't realize he was locking up Mitchell because I didn't even know Mitchell was playing tonight. You had to point out to me that, hey, Mitchell hasn't done anything. I'm like, oh my God, yeah, he hasn't. Because Mitchell usually takes it to the Suns. He has an easy game against the Suns. He could put up an easy 30. I mean, he got a couple of shots at the end. But I mean, that was just, those shots were kind of, it wasn't garbage time, but a lot of them were wide open. And I think the Suns maybe played a little bit of a lax defense against him. But besides that, man, Mikel Bridges, he'll shut these guys down. You don't even know they exist anymore. They don't even know they play in the NBA anymore. I, That's to the point how good his defense is. If he's not a first-team all-defensive like nod right now within the first five games, you'd be ridiculous uh, to say he's not. I just, I just think this guy is just very, very special, and he might be an all-star this year. That's what I'm saying. I hope it doesn't go the I, other way. I, I said that, But I agree with that. I agree with myself. Well, <laughs> I'm going to agree with you too, Matthew. How about that? And I think a lot of people in the chat also agree with you. I mean, Mikhail Bridges, defensively, what he did to Donovan Mitchell isn't even the biggest part of the game. I mean, he had a great offensive game too. He had a total of 16 points, uh, four of six from downtown, six for nine shooting. Uh, he had a block. He had two steals or six total rebounds. I mean, he had a complete game. Now, we were talking about it while we were watching the game, how – it's like he doesn't always wow you with the box score because even when you go through that box score, it's full, but it's not popping. Yeah. It's not, you know, he doesn't have a 34, uh, 34 point performance out there, but it's all those little things consistently that he does. And then you take into account he was guarding Mitchell all night that that's what is going to make him somebody who's going to be should get an all defensive second or first team nod and a potential all star. Yeah, the stats need to be padded a little bit more, but you know what? He's well on his way. He is in my opinion, the second best Phoenix Sun right now. You have Devin yeah. Booker and you have him. I think CP3 uh, is great for other reasons. Yep. And, I, you know, from a passing, from an intellect, from a from a from somebody who's a leader, all those reasons. So, I mean, it's kind of between him and Mikhail. I know that DA is definitely number four on the team right now. Um, a shout-out again to everybody who is in the chat. Uh, we're, yeah, hey, look up, at man? Suns Geeks with us tonight. Shout-out hey, to Suns Geeks. If you get a chance, check out his YouTube channel. He does great content, and if it has to do with the Phoenix Suns, he's going to make a video about it. Uh, he destroyed the like button, and you know if you're watching, we'd appreciate it if you do the same and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, truly appreciate it. Let's see what else is going on in the chat. Ain't is finally going to have a 25-point game, and from then on, he will be a problem. Just have to wait for that. Levi Smith said that in the chat, and that's absolutely true. When DeAndre Ayton, he, he's waiting, man. He's learning. He's learning from CP3. He's got this mentor who's hanging over his shoulder and is going to be critical. And he's he's nervous right now. That's what I feel, right, Matthew? He's got kind of those nervous hands out there and because he wants to impress Booker. He wants to definitely impress Chris Paul. And once this starts clicking, like we're, we're winning right now and, and DA's not even clicking. He will click offensively. He will get to be stay the number four overall player on the team, right? Well, I mean, I hope so. When you say number four, too, it's kind of like, I don't know, it's Jay Crowder, someone that oh, you trust more. It's Cam Johnson. God, our starting five more. is sick. There's a lot of players on this team that are a lot more impressive than DA. Like, I asked my friend the other night, I'm like, aren't you, like, impressed with all these players? He's just like, yeah, but not DA. DA is the guy I'm not. But I said that last podcast. I'm bringing it up again for some reason. But he he's just that guy where you're just not going to be impressed yet. There's a lot of mistakes he's going to make. But it's just something we have to just kind of forget about for, forget about because we don't have to rely on him so much. So I'm fine with it. But yeah, DA, to me, he'll have a game, and then the next game, he just won't be there. He'll have a good game, then the next game, he just won't be there. It's either going to be that on the offensive end, but defensive end, he does a lot better. He's still doing the switches. He's has a hard time sometimes with boxing out, finding his man, being more, I can't even say the word aggressive, aggressive. I know I'm just, I'm just, I'm kind of just tired about talking about DA being aggressive. I just, 
I love this team so much, and we should probably be five and zero right now. And I just can't like bring it down with that because the only other negative besides Da just not really impressing us, but just doing okay. It's just Jalen Smith not being on the court. Besides that, everything else is just flying, dude. Right now, it's just flying colors for the Suns, and I just I gotta I gotta live it up right now. I think we all have to. We have to appreciate this. I mean, this team is four and one. I didn't do my research before this game to tell you when the last time we went four and one was. I know that we went three and one starting in 2014. So uh, know that with this win, the Suns' record in the calendar year of 2020, the worst year ever in the history of humanity, it feels like, uh, was 25 and 20 from January 1st to tonight. The Suns went 25 and 20 this year, uh, but we ended on such a high note. The eight games that we won in the bubble and now you have four and one we're 12 and one since the bubble began i mean it's just it's we're going to start turning heads you saw it a lot tonight on sun's twitter i'm starting to see a lot of new faces around there if you're new to the phoenix suns and you're intrigued by this roster and this team welcome welcome to planet orange you know it's it's a great place to be right now uh it's definitely a, a franchise that has been through a lot of what ifs and almost but there's a lot of great things happening here, and it starts at the top, and it trickles down. You take a look at the entire roster. I mean, this is a game where Langston Galloway, who's somebody who we have really been high on, wasn't even needed. I mean, six minutes, zero points, yeah. and he took one shot. You know, it was primarily the campaign, the Dario Sarch. Kudos to Dario Sarch in this game. Aiden picked up those two early fouls, and Dario was instantly in the game guarding Rudy Gobert. And you saw that team defense. There's the one shot yeah. that on Twitter of campaign actually, you know, boxing out Rudy. But Dario yeah, Sarge was yeah. in there and he was creating problems for him. I mean, that's again team, team defense. Frank Kaminsky only played two minutes in the first to kind of spell some of those minutes with DA out. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you got a, a big bulk of uh, what happened in that first quarter and first half really was Dario Sarge holding down the fort until DA got back. Now, granted, he ended with five points, was one for seven from the field. His one uh, shot that he made was a three-pointer, but everything else, I mean, it was defense, 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 defense. I'm, I was telling everybody before the season began, that's where this team's going to plant their flag, and so far it's yeah. happening. No, it is, and um, the five points is fine, because Dario Saric, he's going to have a hard time laying it up around Gobert anyways. Like, he can't even barely make a layup against a guard. So for him to actually get a layup past Gobert, I was not expecting it. But him just being a body out there and getting the rebounds and just being someone to facilitate the ball, that's what we got from him. And what is crazy is he was so good in the bubble, and I kind of thought, like, he he's good. We locked him up for, uh, what, three years? Three years. I, I just saw that, yeah. But three years, so to bring him back for, I think, is cheap – and to still see him playing this well since the bubble is something that a lot of teams are looking for, for the extra piece. And we have that with Dario Sarge. A lot of teams need the Dario Sarge. We have him. We have him to come in. And he, dude, he's an absolute worker, dude. He, Him and Mikael Bridges. Mikael Bridges, before I forgot to bring this up, I love Mikael Bridges on the court hyping the team up. He is the high five guy, the guy I love to see on the court, the guy that Devin Booker isn't. So you need that guy. That's Mikael Bridges, man. He is giving the high fives, slapping the butts. Jay Crowder slaps the butts too of the other team. But Mikael Bridges will get his teammates rallied up. He'll get them, he'll hit them on the back, on the butt, on the hand on the head, wherever, just to get them going and just appreciate them on the court. I love to see that. I just I just noticed that tonight. I feel like Mikhail turned the turned the corner also that way, just being appreciative of his teammates on the court and just showing the support, dude. I love it so much from him. Well, and Cam Johnson was recently on the Locked on Suns punk podcast with Brandon Clean, uh, and that's one thing he mentioned. It's like, Mikhail's so easy to be around. 
he's such a fun loving person. Like he's a guy who you want to root for and you want rooting for you. So I think that that's again, another one of those personality traits that just exudes team. I mean, this is a true team in all sense of the word. Uh, Thank you as always to everyone who's in the chat for throwing down the the data, if you will, it was 2009. That was the last time that the Suns went four and one to start a season. That was a fun year. year. Uh, shout out to everybody who's there, fellas. Happy New Hello. Year to Vince Stefanelli. Uh, I, in fact, I, I, I got the drop. Fellas! What up, fellas? It's what been up, too fellas? long. I know. It's I brought it back. Long, so yeah. thank you, everybody, again, it. for joining us. Uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of people tell me 2009. We appreciate it. Um, another yeah. thing I wanted to talk about before we shift our focus to the Denver Nuggets and then popping yeah. champagne bottles and celebrating this new year the right way. Um, mm-hmm. Javon Carter, man, it was nice oh. to see J- Javon come out and, and, and have a good game. You know, humble rumble says yeah. in the chat Carter with some nice midi. He's, oh. he's been having a hard time with his deep shot. And he's, he hit a couple of those mid range shots. And so the point where the third one, he lined up for it. You're like, that's going in. You saw it going on that same exact place. And then he hit a three on top of it also. It's nice to see JC come out, you know, uh, go four for five from the field, get nine points and help this team because he was in dire need of it. Right. Yeah, he was. And it took, I think his mom to really come out on Twitter and give the middle finger to TNT. <laughs> I don't know what that was about, but that was hilarious. But he has that kind of game, and I love it because he's really just focused on the shot. I think for me, I, I really thought he was going to get players more involved in the offense, but he's just not that player, I guess, yet. Uh, he probably will never be, but just I saw something that is non-existent in him, but his shot is really, really good right now. He came out, and like we said, Galloway didn't have any points in this game. The next guy up, Javon Carter. You never know. It might be Etwan Moore to the next time. So Javon Carter really hit that role. He hit some big shots, dude. He hit that 3-2 at the end. He went 4-5 for five from the field. Three rebounds. Um, just really played a good, solid game for 11 minutes, which is fine because that's what we need, that spark. Galloway, you can tell he wasn't having it, so he only played the six minutes. So like we always talked about in the beginning of the year, it's like you have this depth, especially at guard, and one of them are going to hit every night. And that's so far for five games. It's been... Galloway and then Carter tonight. So this is like the Javon Carter game for me. Yeah. I mean, I hope that we get a little bit more out of him moving forward, but again, confidence is everything. Once you see that Javon Carter has that confidence, C4 go boom and he'll start to play with more regularity. And again, that's a good offensive (laughs) output. And and again, you know, you got Carter, you got Galloway, Etuan Moore. I mean, you got so many weapons on this team. It's just, again, it's so fun to watch. Uh, the bench outscored the Utah bench 34 to 27. So that is four games in which we've had a, a higher sky scoring output than the opposition's bench. We win the game. Uh, the one time we did it, we lost the game. I mean, that's kind of the story, the tale of the tape, and yep. kind of fortifies a lot of what I was saying here. Uh, I do want to give some credit to CP3. I know that we didn't really talk about him uh, too much on the last podcast. Um, he did have nine assists. He had eight in this game, 11 and eight. Uh, only four for 13, but he did have some solidifying baskets that we needed in that mid, uh, I think it was the middle of the third or middle of the fourth where, you know, the story of this game was the Suns were up big and then they would shrink and they were up big and yeah. they were shrinking it. And it was like, okay, well, who's stopping the flooding? And one times it was Mikhail Bridges. He had those two big threes and that kind of stopped the flooding and the, the mm-hmm. lead went back to nine. And then there was a couple possessions where Chris Paul brought the lead, you know, the, the lead was uh, I think five or six and he brought it all the way back to nine and we kept kind of putting them at arm's length. And that's huge because this is a team when you have Ingles and Mitchell and guys who can, and Clarkson and Bogdanovich, a lot of guys who are really big on shooting a three ball. If they get close, man, they can go on a run real quick. And you know, what'd you see from CP three tonight? 
Uh, you know, there's still a struggle with him and Aiden with the pick and roll. We can bring that up too. But besides that, I mean, I just see a calm presence out there on the floor. He didn't really hit the shot tonight, which is fine, but he'll get those easy assists. It's really someone that what, what Ricky Rubio was last year, but you just get a guy in the end of the game that can really calm everything down. He did have a couple big turnovers in the end, which was yeah. like kind of surprising. Book had like two, Aiden had a big one. But besides that, I mean, the rest of the game, I feel like he kind of navigated it well. I mean, I feel like he's out there, but he's letting the rest of the team play around him and i don't think the assists and the points really matter right now especially for booker we're talking about eight and only scoring four points booker's not really having uh the big game yet either so that's not what this team's looking for stats wise i'm looking at body language out there and i'm looking at the guy like cp3 who's just really leading this team whether or not he's scoring or you know he has the assist he's gonna have the assist but just moving the ball around to other players pointing out what to do and being the teacher for eight on the court that's his job right now. So I'm very satisfied with what I'm seeing from CP3 besides those big turnovers in the end. But besides that, man, he's been fantastic for me. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know how much of an upgrade he is from Ricky Rubio statistically, but every other aspect on the court is is yeah. bounds ahead of R- Papa Ricky. You know, we miss you, Ricky. Ricky. I was reading an article today from um, one of the Minnesota writers, and they were talking about how Ricky – I think Minnesota's two and two and Ricky's like, we're so much worse than two to two. We're lucky to be two and two. So uh, it sucks that he's, uh, he's gone, but I you know what? We'll, I wish we saw him as a backup or something. I love Yeah. It. You know, I, maybe in a couple years, you know, yeah, campaign. Uh, Iverson vlogs of loyal listener yeah. to the show. Clarkson. So salty. He pushed a ref. Yes. Thanks for bringing that up. play, man. <laughs> that was great. How did he not get, he pushed a ref. Yeah. How did he not get like, he knew it was a ref. He got mad at the ref. Cause he got in the way of him like stealing the ball. But he pushed the ref. You should be ejected, not a technical. Yeah. And, well, and then he went back up to him again to show him how he did it. And he, and he pushed him again. It wasn't anything violent. It was more of <laughs> yeah. in a showing manner. But, like, yeah, I exactly. thought you weren't allowed to touch those guys, man. No, like, you if you look be. at a guy cross-eyed, if you're Phoenix Sun and, and if, like, Devin Booker looks at a ref cross-eyed, like, he's out of the game. And yeah. Jordan Clarkson's, like, straight just throwing these guys around. It's like, come on, Well, man. maybe because the ref felt a little bit bad because he was in the way. But still, I mean, if you push a ref, whether it's football or basketball, it's an automatic out. Yeah, I just thought it, I just thought it was, but it doesn't matter because Clarkson was shook the whole game, anyways, right? It, well, it but just, because of that moment, though, because the Suns yeah. were getting under his skin right there, Clarkson, who had hit a three prior to that, yeah. wound up not having you know one of those games that I could kind of. He's my pick for sixth man of the year. I think that this guy has the ability to cook at any time. Mm-hmm. He ended with 12 total points, five for 11 from the field in only 19 minutes. I really feel like after that, he was out of his game because then the Suns got two more quick fouls on him and he was out of his element the rest of the game. I mean, that's again a credit to the Suns. And Chris Paul plays those mental games, man. He knows ways to get he under does. your skin. He's like that guy when you're playing basketball who's always doing that one thing where it's like, You'll, you'll come up and you'll try to post up and you'll just throw an elbow in your rib. You're like, hey, man, come on. And like, And he'll just yeah. keep in that same spot the whole time to where it takes you out of your game. And you get the ball inside and, and you're just pissed and you want to go through this guy. And next thing you know, he, he calls a foul on you because he's a bitch. But anyways, uh, <laughs> a few stats I want to go over before we get out of here. Um, remember, now, the Utah Jazz last year, I believe they were the number one team in the NBA when it came to three-point attempts. They shot 40 a game. And... Uh, the Suns this year were shooting 39 a game coming into this game. They shot a total of 33 to Utah's 34. But on, while yeah. Utah only made 12 three-pointers, we made 17. The Suns shot 51.5% from three-point land. When's the last time you remember them doing that, Matthew? It's been a while, man, but I haven't seen it 
like this because we wouldn't go through games where we shot more than 20 threes and let alone free throws too as well, which is still an issue. But it's just, I feel like the Utah Jazz had a lot of wide open looks towards the end of the game. They just couldn't make them. I think it was just a maybe tired legs, something to where maybe they just didn't have it going all game. So it contributed to just being when they're wide open, not be able to drain them. But besides that, dude, I think that the 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 problem the Suns used to have is just moving the ball around and being and having the wide open shots. You're seeing it this year, especially in this game. Every three, even Cam Johnson, it's like if you watch tape on this guy and you're in another team, it's like cover Cam Johnson at the three point line. Just cover this guy. He had wide open shots still. Every even if they didn't go in, the Suns had wide open shots. That's the difference this year. We're moving the ball <clears throat> wide open. You have to cover more of these guys, not just Booker, not just CP3. Everyone has to be covered, but they can't rotate in time. A lot of these defenses, even the Utah Jazz, being a good defensive team, can't rotate in time to cover these Suns players. So that's, I think that's just the difference of us getting that many threes up in the air. And shout out to Cam Johnson. Four for four from the field, two for two from downtown, 10 points and two assists and two rebounds in this game. Another amazing bench performance. He, he was kind of silent a little bit in the first uh, half and he came out in the second half and hit a couple big threes again for the Phoenix Suns. And I'll, I'll tell you the last time the Suns shot from a three point over 51.5%. They did it against Utah in February of this year. They they shot 60% from the field uh, from the three-point line. I'm sorry, 60% against Utah on February 24th. Wow. Uh, only three times last season did they shoot over 51.5% from three-point land. So, oh, I mean, man. again, a credit to not only putting up the shots, but also making the shots. It's something that we're just not accustomed to. We're, we're accustomed to the Suns teams that, you know, like the Sacramento game, you know, game two of the season, we come out, we shoot 44 threes, which yeah. is the first first time we've done that since 2006, but we only hit 11 of them. I'm like, that's kind of the, the Phoenix Suns that I'm accustomed to seeing is a team that yes. comes out and is, is willing to shoot the three but can't hit it. We're hitting them this year, baby. We're oh, hitting them yeah. this year, and, and we're nice. putting teams away because of it. I just I can't believe like I'm standing up watching the game, and the Utah Jazz are coming back. I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. But they close it out, and I get to spin around dance a little bit it is fun dude the wide open spaces in this house you get to dance around and do a spin a rooney on the floor to celebrate your the apartment win. four and one dude yeah you can't dance in my apartment <laughs> enough room uh, for cocktails. Well, well real quick before we get out of here i do want to talk about what's up next for the suns tomorrow seven o'clock they play the denver nuggets so they're going from a, a city that's elevation is like four thousand to a city that's an elevation yeah. is like 52. And that's another thing. I mean, this is a team that we lost to twice in the preseason and we, and we beat them. We beat them pretty well. And now we go to Denver. Um, Denver is, I believe what, two and one, one and three, one and three. And they haven't played since Tuesday. So they are resting. You know, we have a back to back against the nuggets. They're going to come in hungry knowing that the Suns are a team that is playing well and they probably want to put an end to that. So what are your thoughts on going into that game, Matthew? As I know that you are covering that for bright side of the sun. So what, what, what's kind of, what are you looking at as somebody who's covering that game? Well, I feel like um, the Denver Nuggets, um, I'm sorry, I just started there. They're just the team that really I thought would be the best team in the West. They're just off to a so start. So because they're one in three, obviously the Suns are not going to overlook it. Monty's so good at that, just coaching his team to realize, you know, it is one game at a time, but don't get overhyped. Don't take these teams for granted. I think we learned it against the Sacramento Kings, but man, the Denver Nuggets, one of my favorite teams because I love Jokic. And I think if he covered Jokic, Murray is not really off to a start. We thought he would be after the bubble. The bubble experience, he's a superstar. He's back to normal now. 
Now you got Michael Porter Jr., who might be somebody who might not be. Who knows? He's trying to make a name for himself. Those three guys, you can worry about them. And if the supporting cast doesn't come around and do their job, it'll be an easy game. But look for Denver to have a good game because they're off to a slow start. They need it, especially in the West, dude. They can't go one and four, one and five. Sometime they have to turn this around, but hopefully it is after the Suns game. But hopefully they try to make things right, but the Suns just stomp them. And that would be nice, man. Yeah, five and one would be fantastic. You you look at the schedule for the Suns coming up. They have Denver, and then two days later they play the Clippers. And then they have Toronto, who's really starting to struggle. And Aaron Baines will be playing uh, him once again. And then we kind of go on a little soft part of the schedule with the Pistons. The Pacers can be tough, but then you have Washington, Atlanta, Golden State, the Pacers again, the Grizzlies, the Rockets, and then back to back against the Nuggets. So uh, a lot to to absorb. Yeah, oh, sorry. Uh, a lot to. Oh, yeah, the comment. Yeah, is Jamal Murray playing tomorrow? Um, yeah, I believe so. They've been off for three days, so I think that he's going to be well-rested and, and ready to try to stick it to the, the Phoenix Suns, and hopefully the Suns are up to the task of taking down Denver and going to 5-1. and one. But you know what, Matthew? Here you go. What's it's a Dad up? joke time. That game right, is so next year. Yeah. Oh, hey, I'll see you next year. Yeah, I've heard that five <laughs> times. Yeah. Exactly. I love you guys at the work, at the work office. <laughs> bad dad joke time um but again you know great win for the suns can't yes exclamation point i really thought this game here's what's interesting okay so it says 106 to 95 okay that yeah. is your final score tonight if you let's see I, I don't remember what i predicted on bright side of the sun um for let's see so 106 95 is what i what what the actual is i yeah. said that the suns would win my prediction 105 99 so i wasn't Ooh. that far off. No, no. I predicted tomorrow the Suns would win 103-98. So we're like in the same range. We know the Suns kind of scoring, you know. I think they're a little bit down right now, but that defense, dude. I, I love the defense. I, I that's all I do too. Yeah. And that and it starts with Mikhail Bridges. I mean, thumbs up for Mikhail Bridges, thumbs up for the Phoenix Suns, thumbs yes. down for 2020, thumbs up on the uh, podcast if you're watching. Yeah. Uh it's yeah. over. So um, you know, again, thank you to everybody who's joined us, Matthew. Do you have anything else you want to go over, or should I close this bad boy out? Yeah, let's close it out. But yeah, just thanks to everybody, the Jamsters, everybody out there watching us. Seriously, it's been a great year for us uh, and for the Jamster world out there. But thank you, everybody. I love you. I hope you had a decent year. I know it's sucky, but look forward to next year with you guys. Amen. You know, the sun is bright as we look towards the future for the Phoenix Suns. They were now four and one. Where somebody that everybody's starting to look over towards the desert and they're like, hold on, what's going on over there? The, the Chris Paul trade, that is kind of interesting. And it's going to be a great ride. 2021 yeah. is going to be a great ride for this Phoenix Suns team. And welcome aboard. We're glad that you like joining the Suns Jam Session podcast to throw your comments out there and and you know interact with us and, and live this experience together. That's what it's about. I was talking, I was on the uh, Locked On podcast with Brennan today it aired today and i was talking about you know one of the the hardest things about phoenix suns basketball in the past 10 years is the lack of community when the suns were going to the playoffs every year you could go to the bar and everybody was watching the suns game during the playoffs and that sense of community has been is gone because they haven't been winning yeah. and now they're starting to win and hopefully at some point we can go back to the bars again and watch the games but this community that we're building here together is fantastic i can't thank everybody enough for joining us um, thank you, everybody, again. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the Bright Side of the Sun Podcast Network, wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the thumbs up button. Hit the bell so you know when we go live. 
which will be in approximately 24 hours, Matthew, because we're going live right after that Denver game too. Hangover or not. Yeah, we'll be here. We'll be here for you guys. So tune in tomorrow, please. Hopefully another win. (laughs) And make sure you follow the show on Twitter at Suns Jam. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew Matthew, on Twitter. uh, Matthew Lissy. And and that's it for this year. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us. Cheers. Be safe. Have a great night. And let's go, Suns, baby. Cheers. Everyone go home and love your family. Amen. Go, Suns!